Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Curfew Boys. Let me introduce you to my boys on the panel tonight. We got Sammy, we got Hello. Joey, we hey got now. Vito, and you got me, your host, Anthony. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to a very, very special episode tonight. You can follow us on at the Curfew Boys on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for all your Habs content. So guys, let's get this started. With an important weekend coming up in the hockey world, we brought you all a very special, special guest on tonight's episode to discuss this year's NHL Entry Draft. He was a scout for the Montreal Canadiens back in 2009 and currently the president of Recruits.ca. Here he is, the one and only Grant McCag. What's up, Grant? How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm, I'm well, guys. How about yourselves? We're good. Fantastic. Doing great. Great. <laughs> so, so much happening today and this week with the hockey world. So, a lot to talk about tonight. So, we'd like to first thank you for, uh, for having us and taking the time on your... Uh, sorry. I'd like to thank you for coming on our show tonight uh, and giving us your special time. I'm sure you have a busy week ahead of you with uh, the draft coming up. Um, so tell us about yourself. I know you have a website, recruits.ca. Just to let you know, we all subscribed this week uh, and uh, very interesting website, a lot of good information. But why don't you tell the fans and our listeners and followers out there how your website works and what you, what you provide? Yeah, better late than ever, eh, guys? <laughs> Sorry about uh, that, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't really like to talk about myself too much, but uh, um, I don't know. I just you know I I started the website in 2017, and uh, after uh, scouting professionally for for over a decade, and uh, I have a lot of uh, NHL scouting contacts that I that I um, utilize throughout the year. They kind of steer me in the right direction, you know um do a lot of video scouting this year especially because um because there weren't a lot of uh there weren't a lot of games that we were allowed to go go to yeah. so um uh, you know and i don't i don't have a big enough budget to be uh, uh jet setting going around the world and and looking at scouts all over europe and stuff so i uh, i do rely a lot on, on video scouting and on the uh, opinions of nhl scouts and i try to formulate a a list that's uh, gonna, you know, relatively close to what you're gonna see on draft day. That's amazing. No, it's a lot of good information out there. So to all our listeners and followers out there, subscribe to recruits.ca. A lot of good information for the draft and even the Habs content. So uh, we're gonna get this started. I just wanna let you know, Sammy here is a fireman and he's currently on shift. So he gave us his time tonight and recording on his shift so the alarm can easily go on and he has to run got, out and save some I lives so <laughs> i got permission though so I, so i'm okay to be here right now <laughs> amazing so we'll let him start off with the questions because uh, just in case that that alarm rings here so go for it Sam. so considerate that thing thank you so fire, much <laughs> fire away awesome uh yeah grant just to get started i'm I'm one of those uh, hardcore hockey fans. I always look forward to the draft uh, every offseason. I love seeing who the potential future stars of this game could be, uh, especially looking at the the number one overall pick year after year. And uh, I think uh, yourself and other experts out there pretty much have your heart set on Owen Power being the first overall pick this year. And I know 
Buffalo is having the uh, first overall first overall pick. So I'm just curious to to hear from you and just maybe other hockey fans like myself would love to know what's the potential of this kid. What can we expect from this kid uh, in, in, in the future um, in terms of his career? I think uh, what you got is a, is a can't miss uh, defenseman. Um, you know, he might not be a 60, 70 point guy every year, but uh, he's going to play 20 to 25 minutes every game um kill penalties uh, probably be on a, at the very least a second power play unit uh provide some offense be a shutdown guy um just not make a lot of mistakes out there and, and kind of be a dominant player in terms of uh of uh, uh being able to cover half the ice with with his great skating and great range and um transitioning pucks um I think his biggest strength is that he's just, he's a can't miss guy. That's going to, I can't see him not playing 20, 22 minutes plus a night um, fairly quickly. I mean, we saw it at the world championships. He, he started out as yeah. a seventh, eighth guy. Yeah. And by the end of it, he was playing 25 minutes a night. Well, I think you're going to see the same thing. I think you'll see, he'll be a 20 minute guy on Buffalo's blue line before the end of his rookie season, I think. Well, and if you don't mind me jumping in here, and this is where I was getting at. So if if Buck, if Buffalo were to pick him, and in all likelihood they will, I mean, it's like you said, he's a can't-miss prospect, he's a can't-miss defenseman. Um, how do you, do you think it might impact um, Dallin in any way, both in the short and long term, seeing as that they're both left-handed defensemen? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you might see... Uh... Uh, I mean, the majority of NHL defensemen are, are left, left-handed and there are a lot of defense cores have guys, you know, w- that shoot the same way playing together. And that might ultimately be what, what happens at least part, you know, uh, part, part of the time. But uh, I always say that the really, the real strong contenders have two defensemen, uh, you know, that, that are uh, quite often are the best defensemen on your team that are on different pairings. Like you want, you yeah. want a top four, right? Like look at Montreal, even like Petrie and Weber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, look back at the Canadians back in, back in the day when uh, they were winning four cups in a row, they had Robinson and the point, Uh, you know, uh, that were the same, that shot the same way. You you gotta have a big three, I think at least. And, um, so true. Yeah. uh, You know, to me, it's, 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 it's a strength. Uh, you look at Ottawa a couple of years last year, they had Thomas Shabbat and what did they do? They picked Jake Sanderson who Mm -hmm. shoots the same way. Well, that's because you ideally, if you want to be a contender, you got to have two, two uh, pairing defense pairings that you can comfortable with that are out there at any time against the other team's top line. So, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, if anything, that, I think I just, it, may, it may alleviate the pressure a bit off of Delhi, where he doesn't have to be, you know, so counted upon to be the uh, the go to guy on defense. Oh, I think he's going to be great, uh, a great number two after Delhi. And it's true though you really want to have a good number one and two on the, on the same side. I'm, I'm thinking right now, and even though I, I, I don't want to be reminded of this, but Tampa Bay just looked at like Hedman and McDonough 
Yeah, that's I'm not yeah. even adding Sergachev in there. That that is so true. I just have one more question regarding uh, Owen Power, Grant. I, I I kept hearing that he actually might go back and play uh, college hockey, which is something that's extremely rare to see from a first overall pick. As far as I've been watching drafts, I don't think I've ever seen a first overall pick not make the NHL team or go pro right away. Is this is this something that you can see as a concern for the Buffalo Sabres, or could it actually be a good thing given that you know a lot of a lot of these kids went through a very weird year uh, because of because of COVID and everything? Do you think it could actually be something good for his development, or or do you see Buffalo kind of opposing to it and asking him to make the jump right away to the NHL? Yeah, I sorry, I hadn't seen that, but um, uh, it, it, because because of the year, everyone didn't play full a full season. You know, um, mm-hmm. there there may not be very many guys that make the jump to the NHL this year. Uh, okay. They they probably need a little more time. You know, yeah. um, Powers what one year removed from uh, uh, the USHL where he played a. Uh, didn't play a full full year in the uh, in college so mm-hmm. perhaps he he goes back but i you know what we saw at the world championships he's ready you know uh, yeah, okay and he That's can play awesome. 20 minutes he can play 20 minutes in buffalo and uh i don't know you dangle mm-hmm. the money in front of him and say hey you're gonna <laughs> be you know I, I i maybe it's just talk but um i i'd be surprised if he if he goes back mm-hmm. but um, you know, it. I don't think it would hurt him either. I mean, Michigan is going to be such a strong team. I could see them winning yeah. it at all if they if he goes back next year, and maybe they have a pack there. All those guys, you know, let's go back and give it another another go, uh, one more year. I yep. mean, I don't know if you guys all went to college or whatever, but it was for pretty fun time, you know. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame the kid if he if he wanted to uh, go back for another year, but it would surprise me for sure. Do you yeah, think also, that if do you I think just want to if... jump in, uh, Grant? If uh, considering for Owen Power, he is a can't miss prospect for sure. And given that it's a weird year, you know, where people haven't seen too much, uh, let's say, prospects in person. It's been more film. It's been more remote. And also, given that it's not a it's not a draft where you have a McDavid, a Matthews, uh, Headman type players, uh, do you see Buffalo as an outside chance uh, passing on power to pick maybe Beniers or McTavish? Given the given the uh, the unknowns of Eichel and uh, Reinhardt, what's going on with Buffalo in the centers? It's mm, a good one. Uh, well, I mean, the only what I've been saying is the only possibility is if they trade Eichel ahead of time, you know, and maybe uh, they get a, they get a great defenseman back and they say, well, okay, we need a centerman now, you know, that would be the only possibility that is if, if Eichel gets dealt before the draft and they get back a top two defenseman, then yeah, it would make sense to maybe, you know, uh, maybe even trade down a couple spots and get another draft mm-hmm. pick and then pick mm-hmm. the centerman. I, I, I mean, if there's at one, it would be silly to pass on power. I think if you want to, you know, if you trade, if you trade Eichel before the draft, 
and you want to take centerman, then trade down a couple spots and pick up some more assets. That would be the only, yeah. But as far as picking the centerman uh, first overall, I don't, I don't see that happening. Okay. So Grant, um, you know, you mentioned that it was a strange year. Uh, you, most of, you know, we weren't able to see all the prospects play or it, most of it was on film and, and, and all that. Um, and for sure. And you mentioned the unpredictability of this year in comparison to other years, how unpredictable is this year versus other ones? And where do you see the drop off compared to other prospects from the first? Like, so we know that own powers like, is a sure thing can't miss. And where's the drop-off? Like, is from two to six yeah. pretty much yeah. the same type of player or, like, you can get the same quality of player? Or is it, like, is there a significant drop-off from one to two? Yeah, I don't think so. It's uh, – um, I don't see a huge difference between power and, and the two centermen. But um, for me, there's a top nine skaters that uh, Bob McKenzie and I both had the same – same top nine. And I, I, I really, I mean, Bob, you know, he pulls NHL scouts and I, I get input from NHL scouts. So our lists are usually fairly close to what, what ends up going on, you know, as far as the, like a tier goes. And I think the top nine skaters are pretty, I'd be surprised if they didn't go in the top 12, put it that way. So that to me, it's not that it, it's really not that topsy-turvy. Uh, you know, they always say that it's going to be, and then I don't know that it is this year. Um, maybe because we didn't get to see a lot of other guys to change our minds or whatever, but, uh, and even like his top 20, 18 of my top 20 guys on my list are on Bob's list. So I don't know that there's going to be a lot of surprises in the top 20, but after that, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be chaos. There's going to be guys, um, certainly, you know, even Bob had guys in his twenties that I have ranked in the fifties, which you don't normally see this year. I think from 20 on, you're going to see a really, uh, real divergence of opinions on a NHL scouts list. So I think you'll see maybe more trades than usual too, where a team will move up. They'll say, Oh, geez, I can't believe this guy's still on the board, you know? And uh, conversely, there'll be teams that say, well, we really like this guy, but what we've heard is other teams aren't that high on him. We can move back a bit and still get him and pick up another asset. So I think after the top 20 in particular, this year, I think you may see a lot more movement of teams moving up and down in the uh, 20 to 60 range. Uh, So it should should be interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, I, I, this was this is just a question that I have as you were speaking and you know talking about surprises and all that. Um, if you were, if you were building your team today and you needed a goalie, who of the two goalies, Wallstad or Cusa, would you go after? Oh, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it, it would depend somewhat, I guess, on uh, if you if you really needed them quickly. Maybe you'd lean towards Wallstead. Um, if you, you know, if you were willing to be a little more patient, you might lean towards Kosa because I think what 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 I'm hearing is that he may have more ultimate upside than than Wallstead. Maybe a little riskier, but also if he puts it all together, he could be, uh, you know, a Vasilevsky price type of goalie. So. 
Uh, I don't know that Wallstead necessarily has that Jeez. ceiling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's good. It's going to be interesting to see which goalie goes first. Cause I, you know, whenever I brought that up, I, I asked for NHL scouts, like, do you, do you think Wallstead could finish top or go in the top 10? And every one of them said, what about Kosa? Maybe he goes first. So, it, I think it's really uh, up in the air as to which one goes first. His his size makes it very intriguing. It's not every day you come across a goalie who's six foot six oh. and is in the first yeah. round and it's can crazy. Move as, and Reminds move as me well a little as... bit of Ben Bishop. Yeah, exactly. Ben I Bishop. Ben Bishop yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking that. So, I was thinking yeah. the exact same thing. Ben Bishop's a big dude, man. So well, Vito, you, that was a yeah. Go ahead, uh, Grant. Did you see the picture of Price and? Uh, yeah, it it yeah. didn't make sense. There's no yeah. way maybe he'll be as big as Va- maybe no, he'll be this, as big as Vasilevsky. This is how bad the inter- <laughs> this is how bad the internet is. Is that after the original picture was released, there's just people kept coming out with like just Vasilevsky getting fatter and fatter and fatter yeah. until at one point Price is looking at his his stomach. It's, it's but you know, you know the thing it was hilarious thing, though. The thing with that picture is that <laughs> I posted that, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of it. <laughs> oh, the thing with the thing with that picture is that if if you went on if you go on NHL.com, you see that they're both six foot three, and yeah, yeah. about five pounds off five pounds each other. It's right? insane, but it doesn't make any sense. If if you would tell people, okay, Vasilevsky's six four, six five, nobody would bat an eye, they'd look at the picture and say, Yeah, okay, Vasilevsky's a bigger person, but it, it doesn't make any sense how much bigger he looked a lot than Gary of, Price. And someone trying to allude that it too. was, you know, oh, the yeah. camera angles or whatever. No, no. TSN put that up. You saw it. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Gary Price was slightly looking up at him. There's something, yeah, that's there's true. something up there. And let, not, let alone so, the equipment look bigger. But anyways, that's, oh that's a thing I passed out. So, oh so this, the, the, this conversation about goalies and Price and the uncertainty of the week, I think uh, this segues to a question that I think Joey had before. Uh, you know oh, what, Joey? I'll give you the floor now. Go yeah, for this was oh, look. No. This was gonna come up, and Vito kind of started it. Uh, Grant, so Vito, it's all your fault. Craziness, <laughs> driven all this craziness with Price might go into Seattle. All the surprises. We know Bergevin loves surprises. He may not. Uh, we know the weaknesses in Montreal's draft, and we'll get to that. You know, they need left wingers. They need right defensemen, especially. And given where they're sitting, uh, neither may happen. They may not be a need or a fit for Bergevin. Do you see with this price situation happening? Do you see him uh, trying to trade up and getting Wallstad or Casa? You guys not follow my tweets or what? We do. I but, tweeted that exact thing this week. <laughs> and just like the Vasilevsky picture there, right? It, I even put the heights and weights over the top of the pictures. So everything you've talked about in the last two minutes, I tweeted in the last. So. You gotta follow Grant McCag on 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 Twitter. No, so. we do, we do. We're just we're just <laughs> you're gonna follow the new Tell your fans. and the new followers. <laughs> this show is for our listeners and followers. This show exactly, is for our listeners Grant. and followers. <laughs> yeah, I, um, no, exactly. I I, I suggest, what I said was that uh, they trade the sixty second and sixty first pick to move up to uh, I don't know. Um, the 30th, the 61st, and the and the 62nd pick to move up to 18, and then trade one of their young defensemen in the 18th pick to move up to 10, Ottawa's pick, and uh, and and take one of the goalies. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I remember, I remember that. I, mean, I remember that tweet, and I, I ended up sharing it with a couple of friends of oh, mine. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Grant, we, uh, we know about it, but I, I asked the question because I want the people that are listening to us to, to hear. Oh, like, the oh okay. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So. I could sense oh, Grant God. smiling on this one. Be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Good cover up, guys. Good yeah, cover up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So subliminally, it got through. Okay, I got it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Grant, between between the two, is there a better fit, uh, maybe for Montreal? Sorry, if what? you had to go with one, if there was a better fit between Costa and Wallstead for Montreal. Oh, yeah, you're asking that again. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, either one be fine. I'd love to have either one. Because I, I think they go with. I think they take Kosa because uh, he could be yeah. the next price. He's got and that maybe kind of upside. A picture with Vasilevsky, so. how big he is. Maybe they then they compare. I remember um, one of the so reports. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I get, remember get him Vasilevsky's pads and he's all set. <laughs> I remember one of the replies that you, because uh, somebody kind of wrote to your to that tweet that you had sent out. Yeah, but, you know, the Habs have Primo and your response to that is Primo is a good goalie, like a good yeah, prospect. Yeah, I remember seeing that too. Yeah. He's, he's not an elite prospect like Kosa and Walsh that can be. Right. Well, so. I mean, Primo was a seventh round draft pick. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah. he's a good goalie prospect, but every team's got got a primo in their system, pretty much. You know, yeah, wow. I mean, he looks like he might be able to be a starter at the NHL level. Would he be a top fifteen starter? That's quite a jump, a leap of faith. Maybe it, it's certainly a question mark. But both of these guys definitely have top fifteen starter upside. So, you know, uh, and and I mean, you want to. You know, you, you've got a backup and you got a starter. So you want two guys with that potential, ideally. So it's just like why I think Ottawa might end up picking the goalie, even though they have Sogard and they have Gustafson and Decord. Yeah. And well, none of those guys necessarily are going to be top 15 goalies. And that's what you want. So you can always, you, you can always, ga- you can always yeah. gather assets and you can trade. You can trade the, the goalie that loses. He's still That's an true. asset. That's true. And potentially Ottawa may lose one of their goalies. There, there's there been projections right. that one of their young goalies may be taken. So mm-hmm. it might be an initiative for them to uh, take I, one of those goalies uh, in the first round. I'd be I'd be surprised if uh, Seattle takes one of their goalies versus somebody like Chris Tierney. There's Kakanen out there. There's Benichek. The no, Price, you're right. You're Dranger. right. But... There's, 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 there's options. Yeah, for them. but I think they could take four or five goalies. Like there's no, exactly. there's nothing stopping them from like, it didn't uh, uh, Vegas take like about 14 defensemen or something like that. Like uh, you, you trade assets later, yeah. right? So yeah, exactly. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, because when looking at Ottawa's board, Decord might be the, the best value there. And you take the best value and you deal guys later that you, you know, that you don't want. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up taking the goalie because that could be the best asset that Ottawa offers. So that's what you take. You take the best assets and you worry about shipping guys out later. You get it all sorted out later. So speaking okay. of needs and value, Joe, I think you had a question as well in regards to, I know, I mean, we're going to continue. I know we're going to stay away from the goalie situation, but there is a lot of questions <laughs> a, a lot around, you know, the needs and wants for the Montreal Canadiens, right? Joe, go for it. Yeah. So uh, Grant Given, well, obviously we're a Hab- Habs-based podcast. So the listeners want to know more about what Bergevin might be up to and what he might select. I personally 
I personally think he he, he just given Bergerman, he may trade out of the pick. But but let's say they do. It's kind of a, a weird spot, I would say, for Bergerman. Uh, to me, his needs have always been uh, wing, especially on the left side, and right oh, defenseman. Yeah. Yep. Now, given certain prospects are first round, there's some in the for right defenseman, there's some projecting the first round, and then there, there's on other boards you're saying like they're different, you know, comparing to McKenzie, they're in the second round. So uh, Bergman doesn't really have a fit. He may go best player available. So I was looking at guys like Bourgeau, Leroux, even though um, Tyler Boucher, but especially Leroux and Bourgeau, they're, they're more Q players, which, you know, maybe local talent might be there's something Bergevin be keen on. There's, there's Zachary Budzik too. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Do yeah. you see Munchal heavily favoring, uh, you know, in terms of something that may fit for them? I know Leroux is a, is a, is a, as a, you know, is a pretty powerful left winger, even for his size, but, uh, he's had suspension problems and I know character issues, yep. but are there yep. any of the players I mentioned or somebody completely off that Montreal, uh may may target or may be looking at that might be a right fit for them or are they really just going to go whatever's best best and they, they take that's what's there? Well, you know, you're they say that you're drafting for four or five years down the road and four or five years down the road, the depth could be completely different than it is now. So you, that's why you, you target the best player that you have on your list, you know, the BPA, uh, especially at 30th overall. Like, I don't think you can be trying to, you know, well, we need this guy today. So we need somebody at left wing today. So we better take a left winger. I think that's, uh, you know, you're, that's not the right way to approach it. You got to, uh, you got to collect assets and you can always move assets to fill in a, to fill in a gap uh, as needed. You know, you need the left winger now. Well, if you draft a center and the center, somebody wants a center in a year, you trade one of your centers for a left winger that's ready to play now because you need the player now. You don't necessarily need him for four years. You know, if you need a left winger now, you, you're not going to you're not going to fill a spot with an 18, 17 year old kid. You're you're that's down the road. So you, that's why you, you grab the best assets. Um, now, that said, Matthew Nyes is uh, if, if you ask me today who I think they <clears> – I think he's a really good bet to go to the Canes at 30. I think they like him. I know I like him. I have 19th ranked. He's a big left winger that could score 25, 30 goals, uh, you know, upside. Uh, good shooter, good good skater, big boy, uh, power forward type that can, that can score goals. Uh, he was 60th on, on Bob's list, which surprised me, uh, which also tells me that he could well be there at 30. And I think, uh, I think he's a good bet to be taken yeah. by the Canadians. And he, guess what? He's a left winger. So I kind of, yeah, oh, I, <laughs> I, I hope, I hope so because I'm looking at the, the prospect pool of the Canadians in terms of forwards. And aside from Sean Farrell, who, who plays left wing. I don't really see much after him, you know, like I, there's, I saw Jack Gorniak who played with Cole Caulfield in Wisconsin, but I, I don't know if I could really see a future for him. So I hope, I hope this guy lands on the Canadian's lap as a left winger. I, I absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, the, the easiest transmission, the easiest trans, sorry about that. The easiest transition for a, for a player is going from one wing to the other. I mean, we saw mm -hmm. it with the Foley this year. We saw it 
Yeah. All year long, there were guys moving back and forth from one wing to the other. So I don't think it, you know, I I don't think you can put a lot of relevance on whether you take a left winger or a, a right winger because they can play either side. I mean, if you guys played any competitive hockey, it's not hard to switch wings. You just, you know, it's yeah, it's I, easiest, I, I, it's easiest from, transition from time to time. Yeah. So yeah. from time to time, I play left wing to right wing. It depends. Yeah. Depends how my line is doing. Depends how crappy I'm playing. So yeah. Oh, right. Sometimes you have you have a left-handed shooter that prefers playing the right side yeah. because they're on their sure. forehand yeah. on that one. So I mean, it makes yeah. it makes sense. Kucherov, well, Tarasenko. Yeah, that's true. Gra- yeah. Grant, you, you, you made a comment in, to Joey's question. You answered Joey's question in a way where you had said the needs and the wants for the Montreal Canadiens. And you said Mark Vajavé is going to choose something for now, not the long run. And I think that's a good point to make because considering that Vajavé is not building this team anymore because we're the, the looks of it is he might just have his final year with the Montreal Canadiens. So he wants to win now instead of building for the future. Gotta uh, look at it that way, right? Because this could be his last year, right, so I don't think he's but, building for. No, so. if, if that's the case, he's kind of putting out a very confusing <laughs> message by with the whole Carey Price thing. Well, yeah, next, the, to the next GM, uh, screw you, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I see Meg Rizzo <laughs> wanting I'm to kidding. choose a player to play now than later, right? For his, anyways, the the point I'm trying to make is. When 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 Benjamin had the opportunity to build this team a couple of years back. There was a, a year where he chose KK. And you, as you know, Montreal Canadian fans are not patient fans, right? You, you, you choose a top player and they want them to, you want them to perform right away. And when they don't perform right away, it's only normal the fan base shits on them. So there is a lot of doubters out there. I'm not saying I'm one of them because I am a big fan of KK, but there is a lot of doubters out there. So I want to ask you to pretty much remind our fan base why KK was the right choice at that time unless uh, you don't think it was no I, if i, I no, 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 no. He, he was pushing he's one <laughs> no, of the guys no, i'm just I'm, grant i know i'm gonna say this and grant you could keep me honest here but i remember uh, when in the 2018 draft he was yeah. one of the people if not the person that predicted kk going to montreal right away and was was yeah. very gung-ho and strong about kk yeah. and what he what he's capable of doing Right. So I'm not going to go against it now. Then it makes me look like a <laughs> fool, right? No. Uh, yeah. I, he's, he tied Crosby and Gretzky for goals, uh, playoff goals before the age of 21. Impressive. Uh, that, yeah. that to me is the most important stat that, that there is, you know, it puts it in perspective for me that, Hey, you know, just, just give this kid, just wait till he gets a little stronger and, and it, it I mean, he's still 20. He just turned 21 years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you see strides. Uh, I, I think he's a top two center all day down the road. And uh, we just have to, it may not be, uh, you know, at the start of the season, but I bet you by next playoff year, you, you, uh, he's going to be handed the ball here. I think with the nose gone by the looks. Uh, of yes, exactly. Yep. So, I really, I, I'm fully conf- confident in him. I, I think him and Suzuki are going to make a great one-two punch, uh, different, different yes. styles. Uh, but uh, I really think he, he's made huge strides in his defensive game and play away from the puck. He forechecks, uh, you know, he's a, he, he plays a 200 foot game. He's got really good pace. Um, he hits uh, four checks mm-hmm. like him and, you know, 
just like a fiend. Uh, and that's only going to keep getting better. Um, I really was impressed with a lot of his playoff games away from the puck. And I think that, uh, that um, you, you're only going to see, you're only going to see improvements in that regard. And, and, and his, and his production is going to start going up because I think he's going to be given a top six role this year, finally. And, and, and you know, offensive guys for the first time, really, uh, starting next year. And I, I, only, I only think it'll, uh, you know, you'll only see him blossom more. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be fine. I've always um, lost, even when this year ended out, you know, there was already people that were giving up on KK and I kept reminding them that, you know, he's only 21 years old and there's, and, and we had Eric Engels on the, on uh, one of our last episodes where he said, there's not even a dozen players in the league that are, you know, around his age. And I find, yeah. you know, Munch, we're very hard on our players. And I think that one of the reasons why people are so hard on KK is because they feel like he's already been here three years and they're not getting, that type of explosiveness or that, you know, elite level talent like a Matthews or something like that, but that's not KK. We always knew he was going to be a bit of a project coming in. He was 18 years old coming into the NHL and, and you saw he was lanky. He didn't have all that strength. And then the following year, you know, you read that he put on like about 10, 15 pounds and it's like, okay, he, he he's give him some time. Let him get his man strength. And, and I even think that in this off season, albeit a shortened off season, yeah. if he works on his balance a little bit and strengthens his legs a little more, we're going to see a whole different side of him. Yeah, and and that's where I think Montreal yeah. fans who I totally agree don't. I mean, we've we haven't had centers, good centers for a very long time, and now we finally have prospects and young kids that are playing in the NHL today. Um, we shouldn't be hard on them because we have to remember that we didn't have center really good centers for a very long time. The last yeah. center we had, Sakakoi, was in the Placanets of the world, but. We didn't have Suzuki's and KK's and those types of players that have the kind of potential that they do and the kind of ceiling that they have. It's definitely going to be a great opportunity. It's for uh, for KK to not like. I mean, it seems that Daniel is not coming back. Like we've all seen, this is a fantastic opportunity for him to grab that that second line center role. And just like you said, Vito, if he really does continue to beef up, get stronger, and work on his his, his strength conditioning. I, I I'm super confident, like Grant said, that he's going to play that top six role. Absolutely. Yeah. Like don't forget two summers ago that he had the knee surgery and he couldn't, he couldn't train on his, you know, he couldn't train his leg, get his leg strength. He wasn't skating the two summers ago and that set him back a bit. That's why he struggled somewhat in his sophomore year. But uh, we saw that you saw the difference last year when he had a, when he was able to train in the summer and then he's going to, he's going to be able to do it again here. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he'd have played three years, you know, in Europe or whatever and came into the playoffs and did what he did this year, you know, fans would have been, wow, we've got a superstar on, but because he was with the team for three years, like you say, and he wasn't putting up great numbers right away uh, fans, you know, expect the expected him to be a superstar already. But yet, like like you say, like I mean, if he'd have played three years in Finland and was lighting up the Finnish league this year and came in in the playoffs and did what he did, everyone would be talking about future superstar. It's funny. You're right. We are impatient. I mean, you, you the, see the it bipolarness, in his game. <laughs> the yeah. bipolarness in our fan base, right? And it's one true, day you right? hate the guy, one day you love the guy. Right, and yeah. it's true. Grant, it's a perspective, right? We also been spoiled by Caulfield, to be honest. Him coming in and just, you know, he he pretty much 
lit up in the playoffs. He played super well, even at the end of the season. So I've heard a lot of fans talk about, you know, oh, we've seen this production and this impact of Caulfield. Where's KK been for three years compared to this? So it's really, it's really right. a perspective that but certain the Joey, remember, have. Caulfield's also playing on the wing and being a center is much No, I know it's different responsibility, to but to the average fan, like the impact yeah. that Caulfield was having compared to what KK was bringing over three years and it kind of just clouded over KK a little bit. Sure. It's just a, it's definitely but, a perspective um, that I've seen. Uh, the did Caulfield that. score more goals than KK in the playoffs? Mm. No. No. No, that's true. You know? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it would have been KK that came in from, you know, like I say, from Finland and the playoff that he had, everyone would be, oh, wow. You know? But KK, exactly. I mean, he's he had to, yes, he had to go up against a lot of really good lines. He was... He was out in the ice against top lines in the playoffs, and he did not look out of place most of the time, I thought. I was a little surprised that actually that they took him out of the lineup. I would have, you know, I'd have taken Stahl out uh, before I took him, but yeah, anyway, that's I, but I another find, discussion. I find a lot of people, you know, they judged based on the playoffs, and KK did well, and he was one of the better players on five, five on five and all that. But what a lot of people don't realize is that in this playoff series, everybody had a role. And when KK was there playing with Josh Anderson, it was, you know, you saw it was to, to establish four check, to be aggressive, uh, you know, and they had their role. So just because he wasn't putting up, you know, a point a game doesn't mean he wasn't doing his job and what he was, what his assignment was. Absolutely. And I mean, Byron and Anderson are not playmakers of any description, you know, they're not. And I mean, he, he's going to be put with, with offensive players starting next year. And you're going to see <laughs> he's got 25 goal potential. Uh, when's the last time Montreal had a six, three centerman that with 25 goal potential that that's, that's KK. So when I'm was really the last time we had a six foot three centerman that you can actually say had a, has a high ceiling period. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been, it's been such a long time. Uh, I can't even remember the last yeah. six foot three centerman. I mean, even Bobby then Smith. people were, yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I know people were hopeful Eller would be something like that because he was traded for Halak at the time, but you knew that he wasn't that kind of player, but, you know, hopes and dreams. And let's just say we're spoiled. We have not only KK, we also have Suzuki, right? So we have actually two good centermans with some offensive talent coming, so. Yeah, and Ryan Paling, look, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Paling looks this year, too. Because uh, he was uh, he was impressive uh, in Laval last year. People forget about the concussion and they, they look at that one game against Toronto where he lit it up in the last a meaningless game and then they wanted production right away and he got a concussion. So fans have gotten in, in really impatient, I remember, about Paling. So I'm excited to see him as well. Well, speaking yeah. of Laval, and this leads me to, to the last question of the episode, unless Vito, Joey, if you have another question to shoot in, but the Laval question here, the Laval um, segue here, Uh, Grant, with the announcement this week of Jean-François Hull becoming the head coach of Laval, um, today. I would like to know, uh, it was today, sorry, uh, was so much happening this week, I don't even know what news <laughs> to follow. I'm already panicking about price tomorrow, so all these dates are all over the place. Actually, I never had an off-season like this, uh, Montreal Canadiens never had a crazy <laughs> off-season like this in such a long time, so very interesting year, but my question is, I want to know what your opinion is on, on Jean-François, and do you believe that he would be a good fit for the future of our prospects you know like you saw what Bouchard did this year and you know paling shine because of it so I just want to know what you think yeah 
Jean-François. Have, have any of you been on Twitter the last uh, hour? I mean, I'm getting, uh, I'm jonesing here to get back at it and see what we missed here. Yeah, um, no, I haven't been. I, I actually, had to, I actually had to put my phone down because it was vibrating like crazy. Because I have friends of mine just talking about uh, David Etegi. I can, I always butcher his name. Etegi is like some hockey agent saying that okay. his sources are basically saying that it's all but done. That price is going to be, you know, picked by uh, Seattle. So oh. my okay. phone just lit up like crazy on that one. So yeah, I'm kind of anxious to go back on Twitter myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll make this short and sweet then no no it's fine uh, it's, it's, it's okay, uh, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah well i am because i really don't i can't tell you too much about who to be who to be honest with you i mean he's been an assistant coach in the ahl in bakersfield i can't say i've been studying their games and their you know their strategies and and, and stuff like that so to be honest with you i i mean personally i don't really i don't know what kind of a coach he is uh I mean, I talked to a couple of guys today and, and the feedback was positive. Um, I texted Andre Tournier and asked him and he didn't respond. I don't know if that's bad or if he's just Andre's busy today or, or what, but I know they were rival coaches in the queue for quite a while. He could give me some, some perspective on that. But uh, he, what I, what I heard, I wrote an article uh, today, you know, with the, with the, uh, Norma Poisson, who was a NHL scout for 24 years, he did a bit of work with me this year with recruits. He, uh, you know, he he uh, scouted in the queue, and he was telling me that uh, he's a hardworking, you know, certainly when he was with with uh, BLB and uh, Lewiston, he was he, he had teams with not much talent, and uh, three of the four years that he was a head coach, he took them to the queue semifinals which I thought was darn impressive. Like the one year Clapperton was their top scorer with 62 points and they made it to the semis, came within a goal of making the finals of the queue with a, you know, with, without re really any real talent uh, as far as scoring wise goes. So he's able to, you know, get the most out of, out of, out of a little bit. So I, I think Laval is going to be a really strong team. So I think, you know, as far as performance wise, like as far as the team goes, they're going to really, uh, they're going to do really well. Now, as far as him developing prospects, that remains to be seen. Let's hope that, let's hope that that's his forte because at the end of the day, that's what, that's what you want from your uh, AHL coach. It does, it's not wins that matters, it's development. So, exactly. uh, but from everything I've heard, he's, it's a pretty fair guy. And, uh, Maybe as Del Wee said, you know, maybe not not as demanding <laughs> as apparently Joel Bouchard is. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see in, in that regard. But um, yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm hearing he's he's a good guy and that he'll be uh, he'll be strong but fair and and want a hardworking team. So that's all that's all positive. So he might be Dale Weiss approved. My God, Let, <laughs> let's hope so. We'll see. <laughs> So before we end this off, Grant, I would like to ask you, I mean, we all asked you a bunch of questions. Do you have anything to, is there anything you would like to say, share any final thoughts uh, before we close this off? Uh, let's get back to Twitter. Yes. <laughs> We're all excited. I, I got one last question. It's one last, it's a quick <laughs> one. Grant, do you think Carey Price stays or goes? Uh, I think he stays. 
that's the answer I'm hoping for. I was yeah. hoping to hear. I think they I think they signed Deneau. So the, I, 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 had, as well. I had predicted they either signed Deneau or they take Kill Flurry to Nido with his brother. Those are my two right. predictions. Right. Yeah, well that yeah, maybe. I don't know. You take, you know, I don't know. Yeah, uniting brothers, I guess. I mean, it's fun in in theory, at least. But uh, it may not work. Yeah. But at least you know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, get, um, yeah. I could see them taking Flurry. I could see them taking Kulak. I could see them taking Vedamo. I could see them uh, trying to sign Denol. You know. Basically, I, that... I could see them taking everybody. Just leave Price alone. Let him. You know. Let him. <laughs> I'm not ready for him. We know he's gonna go at some point. I just wasn't ready for it to be yeah. so soon after the probably the best playoff run in in since 93 yeah I, I yeah the emotionally you don't want it to happen now after this run for sure and i mean history has shown that elite goalies stay elite between the ages 33 and 38 mm -hmm. so i think he's got another five good years really good years ahead of him and uh you know hopefully he can uh, he can be there when the Habs raise a cup sometime in the next five years Agreed. Look, and let's not forget uh, Flurry, right? I mean, he got chosen by Vegas. He is a, I think, I, I think Flurry is an excellent goalie. I think Price has always been better overall. He's reached a higher ceiling, but you know, Flurry, uh, Flurry was taken by Vegas around Price's age, maybe a year or two younger, and he is a big reason why Vegas has been successful this whole time. And I know Pittsburgh fans have regretted it, so we don't want to see that similar, you know, similar situation yeah. with Price. So let's just so, hope it's yeah. not less price. than 24. We'll find out in less than 24 hours. That's right. So on that note, on that note, uh, I know we're all anxious to get back to Twitter and hear what's <laughs> going on with this crazy week. So I would like to thank you, Grant, for, for giving us your time and, and, and sharing us your knowledge on, on all this. So to all our listeners and fans out there, follow Grant on Twitter at Grant McCagg. And also subscribe on his website, recruits.ca. A lot of good content. If you're going to be following the entry draft this weekend, subscribe now so you can be prepped for it. Uh, Grant, thanks again. Uh, we lost Sammy. Uh, I think the bell rang or something happened, but he ain't here. So he, just he did text me to tell you uh, thanks for coming on the show and he had I, uh, fun. I, Go just for wanna, it, uh, I just want to say, guys, sign up. It's, uh, it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. And right. we're not just saying and we're not just saying that guy we actually mean yeah. it um yeah, okay so, you so, want me uh, back on yeah i get it i get it <laughs> well we do we want you back on but no it's it's really good content that i've i've read through it i'm still reading through it uh, some of the other articles that you left even your past articles and i'm truly enjoying myself on it and I'll That's be honest, I'm not a I'm not a draft expertise compared to everybody else on the on the panel tonight. And just this week, I've been reading up on it and and gained a lot of knowledge. So I thank you for that, and I'm sure a lot of listeners and followers will be happy with that. So on that note, guys, thanks again, Grant, to all our listeners out there. Thank you for following us on Instagram. Keep uh, sharing your love and support. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and Apple. Guys, we'll see in less than 24 hours if our our savior price is still a price. Which, I mean, sorry, it's still. I can't see. I'm losing my. Uh, it's still Montreal. I'm, we get it. No Montreal. So. He's too anxious. <laughs> On that note, take care, guys. Have a good night. Until next time. Bye now. Bye now. Bye now. Salute.